everybody, welcome to the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I'm your host, Gerhard, and as always, enjoy the music. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I hope you're doing fine wherever you are right now. And today we have, we continue the flow series. And for the first time listeners, so first of all, welcome, welcome to the podcast. And I think very important to mention here. Yeah, this podcast is um, all about, uh, you know, I share about things I think about. It's kind of like a, almost like an, a journal, a diary, um, things I learn. Then I have sometimes very, very amazing guests. Or I talk about Lumi, the app we're working on, the self-awareness, holistic well-being app. And as of recent, I talk about the concept of flow and how you can harness the power of flow to really unlock your potential and to really harness and trigger flow on command. And why I share these things? Because as recent, I'm a certified high flow coach. And I think there's so much amazing things I've learned. And I would like to share these really easy things that can help you to A, mm, really get more out of your day, to get more done within less amount of time. So you have more time for all other things in your life to spend time with your friends and family, to take care of yourself and to enjoy life and to really move towards a state where you can be hyper-productive and really achieve your greatest accomplishments in life. And this is all about flow and this is the flow series where I, sh I share bits and pieces one at a time about how you can really harness the full potential of flow. And Just like a disclaimer, this podcast is, I, you know, there's, there's no big production team behind it. It's just me. It's unedited. It's raw. And, um, you know, sometimes I do mistakes. Sometimes I lose my train of thought. And sometimes I start rambling. You know, that's the unreasonable out of living podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, so last episode was a short update. We launched Lumi Early Access, the app. It wasn't the first week has been really exciting. And we have, I think the first week, we even published four updates thanks to user feedback. We that really like improved the app quite a bit. And there's so much more coming. And we're really excited to share all the announcements and the updates. And if you're interested to join the Lumi Early Access, you can still join. You can go to lumi.io, that's L-U-M-I-I.io, and then you can join the Lumi Early Access. I will invite you. All right, that's that. So today's topic is how to plan your day for maximum productivity. <laughs> and we talk about the concept of your chronotype. And, you know, we you might have, stumble upon the concept of circadian ribbon and you know um but for me i've learned about the chronotype the first time last year in when i did my uh, coaching program and it was really changed the way i work and plan my day and it has enabled me 
to get the most out of the day and really get good sleep, be healthy and really stay focused. And for me, there was like, um, yeah, almost a revelation to think about like the chronotype because no one really tells you that this thing exists. But let's don't jump too much ahead. Because like, yeah, so you probably have heard terms like, you know, with phrases like someone is an early bird or someone is a night owl. And, but the actual science behind these personality traits as known as chronotypes is a bit more complex than these two labels might suggest. And actually, once you understand what kind of chronotype you are, it helps you to align your routine, adapting your routine to your ideal chronotype helps you A, to get enough high-quality sleep each night. It also helps you, uh, your chronotype also influences other aspects of your daily life, such as your appetite, your core body temperature, your productivity level, and even your sex drive. And in this episode, today's episode, I'm going to talk about what is the chronotype, what is the difference between a chronotype and a circadian rhythm, what kind of types there are, why it matters, and how you can find out what chronotype you are. So let's start with what is actually the chronotype. So the chronotype, and actually I will also link to very good references where you can also read more about it, and I will also link a self-test to find out what chronotype you are. I just checked the link. Um, it used to be for free, but now they ask for $3 to get your results. But I'm sure there are many, many, many other kind of chronotype self-assessment tools that help you to get an idea. But normally we have we actually have an idea where we sit in. I think I will once I will t- tell you about all the four categories, you might will recognize one or the other. And but also it's always good to also do a test and get more clarity on that. So what is the chronotype? The chronotype refers to your natural disposition to feel alert or sleepy at certain times of the day and night. And, you know, many of us wake up refreshed and ready to start the day each morning, but others feel more refreshed and function better at night. And some fall in the middle of the spectrum. And your chronotype is actually tied to your internal master clock in your brain. And this clock guides your sleep and other bodily processes, and this is known as the circadian ribbon. And the circadian ribbon operates based on light exposure. For example, daylight acts acts as an environmental cue that you should be awake. So your body produces less melatonin, a hormone that promotes tiredness. And as daylight fades in the evening, your body produces more melatonin to help you prepare for sleep. And so what is the difference then between your chronotype and circadian ribbon? So the circadian ribbon is guided by your master clock, your internal master clock, and regulates your sleep-wake cycle and other bodily functions such as your appetite and core temperature. So the key difference is that actually you can retrain your circadian ribbon if needed. So for example, if you work at night because you have to, you actually adjust your circadian ribbon to sleep during the day. And you can you know, influence, you say, retrain your circadian rhythm with certain techniques such as bright light exposure or caffeine in, caffeine in the, at night. So you can really, you can shift your circadian rhythm. But if you don't use all these techniques, eventually it will pendle to your natural state. 
But unlike your circadian rhythm, your chronotype is influenced by your genetics. It's not influenced by light or environmental factors. And there are certain genes, so I'm just referencing now, I'm, I'm not an expert in the exact genetics behind it, but they reference a, something, a gene called PER3. And this gene has been linked to early birth tendencies and morningness. And people with, they call it Ellis, 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 I don't know, short Ellis in these genes, maybe more prone to being night owls or like evening tendencies. And although your chronotype may evolve over the course of your life, it sort of really deliberately changing or retraining chrono your chronotype is next to impossible. Because it's just really rooted in your genes. You can, there's, um, I mean, you can evolve it, but not completely change it. So while your chronotype and circadian rhythm are closely related, they are not the same. And why does your chronotype really matter? And I think for me, there was a revelation, like to understand when I'm the most alert during the day, when are the ideal time, for example, to do creative work, or do the sports, and when are times where it actually there, I shouldn't do really highly cognitive demanding workload because the return on investment diminishes. It becomes very inefficient. You can still do it, and I've done it, and I've seen the difference. The work output becomes way, way less, the quality becomes less or even worse and you're, you just become very inefficient when you don't really stick your to your chronotype. So your chronotype not only helps you to sleep better at night but really you feel more refreshed during the day and it really helps you that to schedule kind of like How to say you sketch your day around your optimal way of being, and we all have it. And I think, unfortunately, um, probably many many companies are not aware of this. That actually, want if we could design uh, work schedules fitting one person's chronotype, you they probably would get an immense productivity boost, but also immense well-being boost out of yeah for everyone. So again, it would be actually it would again put the people to the center of everything. Mm. and yeah of course there's some issue you might have noticed if you're if you're in a relationship and you had a partner who wakes up very early another partner who you know goes to bed late um yeah there's a common issue in bed partners so to say because they have a different chronotype and there's nothing wrong about it it's just like how it is really it's just how it is and um it actually gives you, once you give understanding, as understanding, like, hey, if especially in a relationship, um, to understand what is my chronotype, what is my partner's chronotype, it makes it less um, alien to like, hey, why does he always, you know, stay up so late? Why does he go to bed so, or she go bed too early? Because it's just a, your natural way of being. And then you can plan around it. And there's nothing, you cannot really, you shouldn't really train, untrain it because you would really work against your natural um, tendencies to be and so there's four currently I mean I've, I've read actually there's I've read um, some articles they they used three types and now kind of like I'm, I really like this 
this notion that there are four different chronotypes. Because like we all know that the early birds and the night owls, but it, there's much more to it. Mm. So in each of these four chronotypes, I discussed before, each of these four chronotypes is defined by specific windows of productivity during which basically each type function and perform at their best. Albeit at different times of the day, of course. And it's so remarkable to think about it, actually, that your chronotype, actually, if you work with it and not against it, things become much easier for you and for everyone else. So the four chronotypes, and then I will talk about my chronotype and how it has helped me and another team, yeah, where I actually experimented to work against it and I can't do it anymore. So the four chronotypes. So now listen carefully. You might find yourself in one of those types and I really recommend you to actually do this test Will I will link in the show notes, show notes. So the first chronotype is called the bear. Let me just take a sip of my delicious Earl Grey tea. Mm. Mm. Oh, very hot. So the first chronotype is called the bear. And the bear is the most common human chronotype, which is roughly found in 55% of the population. It's crazy. It's almost like majority. What is majority? <laughs> it's more than 55%. <laughs> so people with the bear chronotype, um, they follow the sun, waking up when the sun rises in the early morning and retiring as darkness falls in the evening. And people with the bear chronotype, their productivity peaks between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Then in the lions, and the lions are roughly 15% of the people, and they tend to wake up early in the morning, around 5 a.m., and they feel most energetic and productive before noon, something between 8 and 11 a.m. To actually, they have like the highest alertness and energy levels to do really cognitive demanding tasks. And actually, they have a slumber in the early afternoon. Um, and they normally wind, wind down early evening and fall asleep no later than 10 p.m. So these are the lions. They go to bed early and wake up early and they have the peak peak time in the morning between 8 and 11 a.m. And then they fall, actually they have like a this, you know, after lunch low in the afternoon. And, and you know, once you understand the chronotype, you even can understand how you can use this low um, for other tasks. And then there's the wolf. Um, the wolf are people, you know, if you think about, oh, he's definitely not a morning, morning person, then the chances are they're all a wolf. And they're around 15% of the population. They are these chronotypes. Wolves, they usually wake up later in the day and feel most productive between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And they also get bursts of energy in the evening. And sometimes even midnight or later. Or not midnight or later, but like in late in the evening, they might get bursts of energy and they normally... The ideal way to go to bed is around midnight or later. It's a common bedtime for wolves. And the last of the four chronotypes, as commonly known right now, is the dolphin. And for the dolphin, we have around 10% of people have the dolphin chronotype. And so what I've read is the dolphin is actually the hardest to form a schedule around without sacrificing sleep quality. <laughs> And why, it's so funny, I'm just, I'm just reading, I need to read it myself. So why the, the chronotype got the name Dove is because 
This ground type gets its name because dolphins in the wild remain alert while sleeping to await predators. So people with this chronotype tend to be sensitive to light and noise while they sleep and prone to fragmented sleep patterns. <laughs> Many are considered insomniacs. However, dolphins have a strong productivity window between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Interesting. So you might have noticed that all four chronotypes now represent only 95% of the population if you count it. <laughs> and then, of course, there's, I think there's like, you know, a science evolves like a few years ago, decades ago, we only had three categories. Now we have four categories. So there's 5% which kind of like fall in a gray area between the four main categories. But if you feel like you are in this 5% of minority in the gray area, chances are that you are have some characteristics of one of the four, like a bear, a lion, wolf, or dolphin, than the others. And uh, yeah, the science around it keeps evolving, and we might have, you know, a fifth type any uh, time soon. Mm. So these are the four four types. And I did the test, and I think I'm. I it's actually fascinating. For me, it happened 2022. I think. So A, it happened after I started intermittent fasting more than two years ago. I suddenly, my sleep cycle, suddenly something shifted. I became very tired, tired around 9 a.m. And I woke up naturally, but refreshed around 5 a.m., 6 a.m., sometimes even 4.30 a.m. And then when I started working in 2022 for a Melbourne-based startup where I had every morning a team meeting at 7 a.m., sometimes 8 a.m., sometimes 7.30 a.m. I naturally had to adjust, and I actually naturally adjusted because like with the time difference, sometimes 10 hours, sometimes 8 hours, like depending on uh, summer, winter time, it was the only time where we kind of like had an overlap and it was, how do you say, the people were working in the afternoon in Melbourne and I was like, okay, I got up and it was the only time where we had like an overlap. We could have team meetings. The rest of the day, I was just by myself <laughs> developing. It was a fun time to a certain extent. <laughs> but for me, I thought there was some way. So A, um, I think it, it, there are multiple factors that tuned in that I found my natural chronotype and became aware of it. A, years of meditation, years of doing the Lumi method, which is the self-awareness check, and kind of like starting to work with startup where I had to get up early. And suddenly I woke up naturally around 5 a.m. And I went to bed at 9 a.m. And then fell, fell asleep at 10 a.m. And what changed? I think... Many things. I think a to there was always this notion that um, it's weird to go to bed at nine a.m. and I had to get get up, uh, stay up uh, later. But then I was looking at my years where I did it, and I think most of the time when I stayed up longer than I should, I just wasted time watching TV series, browsing on the internet, checking social media, and I was like, this is wasted time. It's like insane. Like this is hours of like the, the the last day of the last hours of my day were just wasted. And then I was like, and then I stopped doing it 
as part of yeah meditation and self-awareness and just shifting my habits towards more habit and uh, towards more reading also in the evening. And then suddenly I just fell asleep 9 a.m. and gave me the permission to be okay with it. And also it was it's still a bit weird sometimes or like it was an adjustment when you had a friend's place and um, you know you get tired at 9 a.m. It's like hey I'm, I'm it's for me it's sleepy time. And also it meant for me to have dinner way earlier. So I try to actually don't eat three hours before I go to bed. Um, I have dinners nowadays between 5 and 6 p.m. And this was also an interesting shift because uh, normally I adjusted to, you know, like then you have dinner at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Um, with, especially if you, have, if you meet friends. Well, it was just unnatural for me because I my sleeping time was 9 a.m. and you should actually not your last meal should be three hours before you go to bed. So your, your, your digestion is almost done and your, your body's rested and you can really have quality sleep without your digestion interrupting your sleep. So these are all the things that came into place and suddenly I was like, wow, okay, this is my genetic way of being. I go to bed early, it's totally fine and I can get up early and then start the day at 5 a.m. and it's amazing. And I've realized and really started to become aware and disciplined about it uh, last year. And then when I learned about the chronotype, it just like all made sense. But but until I learned about the chronotype, I was not aware about like, hey, this is my peak time. This is the times where I kind of like there's a slump, uh, like a, a plunge in my energy. And once I understood how to define my day around the chronotype, it was a game changer. So nowadays, so I'm a lion, by the way, <laughs> you might have guessed, I have a lion type, I get up early and have my peak peak time in the mornings. And so here, you know, like, of course, it's a difference nowadays, um, you know, we're working on our own company, you can, we have our own kind of very autonomous, uh, auto- auto- autonomy in when and how we work. It's different when you work for a company where you have to kind of like stick to their schedule. But I think it becomes very, it's actually very good to become aware of your chronotype because then you can talk to your peers, your managers, your supervisor. Hey, if you want me to perform at my peak, how about we put schedules around that time, uh, teams, uh, meetings around that time and allow me to have this focused time between that and that time. I can guarantee you I will become double less productive and can and still stay healthy. I can assure you that. And if you have the luxus, luxus, lux, luxurious? No. If you have the opportunity to really design your own day when and how you work, I really encourage you to look into your chronotype. Regardless, it's, it's very helpful information. So how I plan my day, I really, my hours between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., they are my holy hours, sometimes even 7.30 until 11 a.m. And these hours sometimes push till 12 p.m. But this is my, this time is sacred for me. I protect it. I, if I have meetings, I always schedule them in the afternoon and I always protect my peak performance, peak time from any meetings, any interruptions, so I can really tackle all the cognitive demanding lo- uh, tasks during that schedule between 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. until 11 a.m., sometimes until 12 p.m. And for me, once you've managed to also like protect your time to eliminate attention, all the attention seekers like notifications, social media, and you 
trigger flow states, and we'll talk about this more, how to actually trigger flow states, how to remove blockers. I've tried it for now a month, and when I stick to it, I get I generate more output in three hours or three to four hours than sometimes when I think back two days of unfocused, inefficient days. That's what you can get. That's the power of flow once you realize it and you can harness it and you can trigger and we can all do it. It's just about A, understanding. It starts by understanding yourself, what's your natural way of being, what's your chronotype. It's B, it's understanding what is flow, how you can trigger it, what are blockers, how you can protect your attention. Because we're, nowadays we live in a world where everything tries to trigger dopamine in you and your brain is kind of like got addicted to it, be it notifications, be it social media, being, yeah, very, mm, yeah, environments that kind of like grab your attention because maybe other people are not really disciplined so they feel like, hey, I can't focus so now I need to talk to this person. So you actually need to protect yourself from that. Mm, one more sip. So yeah, this is my holy sacred time in the morning. And then, it's funny, It's it's once you realize it, it becomes so obvious. So I have my a bunch of energy in the afternoon. Um, something after lunch, even, it really doesn't matter. I can eat really light lunch, but I still feel it. I tried it and I still, it's not like that I don't do it at all. If I have a lot to do, I still try to, sometimes I need to work in the afternoon, even when I have my, my energy plunges but I just feel the difference. It becomes so inefficient. It becomes um, less productive. And also the quality of my thoughts and ideas becomes less clear. So ideally what I do nowadays, I I have my deep flow, deep work in the morning, lunch, and then actually in the afternoon, I try to do some physical activity, be it sports or yoga, or... I have meetings in the afternoon, like after 1 p.m. Or I do something very not so cognitive, cognitively demanding, some administ- administrative tasks or some light creative tasks where it's just more about free-flow thinking. This is my afternoon. And then I do sports. And then around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., I get a little burst of energy again. But it's only, it's tricky. Because I get this little burst of energy and maybe lasts one hour. So it's actually nice to maybe wrap up the day and like um, work on some loose ends. You want to look at what you start in the morning. And I've, you know, like there are moments, it's not like it's every day it's perfectly aligned like this, but it's, it's really important to become aware. So you can change these things and just, it's all about awareness. It's not about perfection, it's about awareness. You can, you know, there's, there's days where I also worked late. And I think I talked about this in my last episode where I pushed through and sometimes you have to push through um, in the evening and then I but always 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 I just the next day I look back and it's like it was not worth it because like I know if I work in the evening especially when I am a software engineer as well if I code in the evening which is highly cognitive demanding (laughs) my thoughts and the ability to solve problems to think clearly focused becomes the quality diminishes the longer I really grind through. You should never grind. And the difference is actually when you, it's a power to stop working in the evening, to say, okay, nope, if this is your chronotype. Of course, if your chronotype is different, you have your highest 
energy burst in the evening, then you should plan accordingly. But for me, when I decide, I said, like, nope, that's it for the day. I will come back to it tomorrow. And it's a power. It's a, it requires discipline, first of all, because your ego maybe wants to push forward, to like, hey, let's grind through. But most of the time, it wasn't. it's never worth it. And most of the time, what I do instead is to say, okay, now it's dinner time. Now the rest of the evening, I start my wind down. I start my active recovery, either sauna, or I, I love to you know spend the time with you know people to have a conversation, to see tune in how their day was, to eat together, or to read in the evening and then go to bed to really start my wind down process, winding down process, so I can go to bed at nine and fall asleep you know nine thirty, ten p.m. And let's say. During a month, I managed to do to hit the mark seventy to eighty percent to live like that. And once you hit, once you get used to your chronotype and you understand when is your peak day and you design accordingly. Pardon me, I was, <laughs> there was some. <laughs> I had to burp. <laughs> once you become aware of it, the output it comes staying at night. And how you feel. Also how you feel, how your sleep becomes. And again, like last week during the Lumi Early Access launch, I mean, it was, uh, they were, we launched and there were like issues that had to be fixed. Then you have to push through. But I noticed after three days, I was exhausted. Really exhausted. And But, you know, sometimes you have to do it. But then you have to always come back and find the discipline again to, all right. Nowadays, for example, when I feel like, Oh, there's like, oh, there's, you know, last week, for example, there were some bugs or issues that had to be fixed. And you wake up, maybe a bit anxious, maybe it's stressed. But nowadays, a very good advice I can give you when you feel stressed and anxious, then actually give you the allowance to slow down even more. And of course, not everyone has the benefits of, of you know, having a morning routine, especially when you have kids. But when you have, and, and I do have it, then I actually try to even slow down even more. So, I mean, I do have a morning routine that I've been doing for years where I meditate in the morning, I cold shower, I try to carve out 10 minutes to just read. And for me, it's important to how you start the day defines the rest of your day. If you start the day in centered, grounded, calm, you will understand that, okay, there's things that you can control and things you cannot control. And there's never... There's only few exceptions where you should really become stressed when maybe there's a life-death situation, when some of your loved ones are in danger, they're ill, they need really urgent help, or an asteroid is falling down. <laughs> you know, these are, the, these are really, really defining moments. The rest, or many, many other things, are actually not as important, as urgent as you think they are. They might sometimes are how to say portrayed as like this life important task but actually are not and we should not be we should not allow to define these things how, how we start our day and how we think and how we you know like we should never start a place stay day from a place of stress or anxiety and i think unfortunately due to our technology like instant availability constant notifications um creating stress around situations where there's no need to be stressed, we are more 
and more in, in when we start days in an anxious state than we should actually. More about this in another episode. But yeah, this was the episode about chronotypes. So I would love to hear what is your chronotype. Actually, um, if you listen to this, you can go to howtounreasonable.substack.com or how to... I'm just checking if the URL is correct. How to... Oh yeah, also you just go to howtounreasonable.com So either link works, howtounreasonable.substack.com or just howtounreasonable.com You can click on this episode and you can leave a comment if you like and share your thoughts on ideas. I would love to hear what your chronotype is. I will share a link in the show notes and you can make a self-test. would love to hear your experience with, you know, when is your peak performance. All right, this was a second episode in the Flow series. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you have any questions, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you to understand what is Flow, how to harness it on command, how to really unlock your potential. And yeah, if you have questions, want to reach out, or if you want to actually even interested to dive deeper into how I you want to work on your flow and like how to get more productive reach out to me go to howtounreasonable.com you can either leave a comment you can even send me a message or write me an email I think the email is somewhere linked I will link in the show notes all right I hope you enjoyed this episode I will I'm actually now aiming to keep them even shorter around 30 minutes and I hope you have a wonderful day right now and yeah up until until next episode Bye-bye.